Welcome to our regular episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. With this episode, uh, we should be able to fix one of the most common and expensive errors the membership ever makes, and which leads to a cycle of booms and depressions in their businesses, and as a matter of fact, is behind the economic booms and depressions we experience globally. You have possibly observed in your own business a cycle of booms and depressions, and you might uh, even be a bit resigned to it. Members get ideas like, uh, what goes up must come down. Or, boy, that was a great month. We could never keep that going. Or, or worse, a thought I'd be willing to bet that many of you have had in the past, which I'm going to expose shortly. What is the cycle of booms and depressions? Mr. Hubbard actually has a definition for it. This is from a lecture from the 16th of December, 1958. He says here, I quote, there is a phenomenon that takes place, and that is a periodic cycle, which the communists call the cycle of booms and depressions, without which communism couldn't exist. And the cycle of a boom and depression is created by the outflow and answer cycle of the department. You don't have any answers coming in, so you sit there and outflow very heavily. Then your mail beefs up and you spend your time answering the letters and you don't outflow. And after a while, business drops off and goes in the trough on the curve. And then you get anxious and promptly outflow which brings in lots of business and replies, but no outflow. L. Ron Hubbard. Now, if you studied episode two, outflow, in this podcast series, you know that inflow is proportional to outflow, and that he who would inflow must outflow. We have covered this uh, pretty thoroughly in earlier episodes. But there's a couple of ways, uh, at least, that this cycle of booms and depressions can manifest. And first of all, very purely, we get the exact operation of this cycle. One of the great demonstrations of the violation of the cycle of booms and depressions occurs with my members in the construction industry. Now, um, I don't want to single them out. I have many great members in the construction industry, real models of the, of the Harvard management system. But often the smaller companies in particular that really haven't been implementing Harvard management too much. Uh, maybe they've just become wise members. They're starting to use this technology in their businesses. Anyhow, um, we call them up and say, okay, good, let's get started. Let's start putting in uh, uh, organizing boards and statistical management and conditions and this and that and the other thing. And uh, the response we get back is, are you kidding? We are so busy. We have no time to do anything right now but work. We have got so much work. We have an endless uh, parade of work ahead of us. And uh, really, there's no urgency to put in Hubbard Management at the moment because, uh, you know, look at all this work we have and uh, things are going great, except that, you know, of course, I'm always looking for more workers and, you know, we're desperately trying to keep up with the demand. That's great. We're very pleased to hear that. Uh, not that pleased that the guy is not putting in Harvard Management, maybe, but uh, glad that they're busy. Call the fellow back in a couple of months. Um, so how's it going now? 
you think we can start putting in some some of this, uh, you know, org board statistics, this sort of thing? What? Are you kidding me? We're so broke. We have no work. Like we are. I don't have time to start putting in the Hubbard management system. I, I, I've got to. I've got to scare up some uh, some projects. We have nothing uh, lined up. We have nothing scheduled. What just happened? Like three months ago, the guy was flush with work, too much work, perhaps. Three months later, no work. Classic example of the cycle of booms and depressions. Because on the one hand, one would presume before this period of having lots of work was probably a period of no work. What does a business owner do when he has no work? He promotes. He outflows. He's reaching out there. He's meeting with people and shaking hands and doing public relations activities and running around and talking to people and calling his old customers and outflow, 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 outflow. Okay. And then uh, as a consequence, of course, uh, starts getting more and more inflow. He's starting to get uh, opportunities to bid and he gets a project here and a project there. And all of a sudden he's like all caught up with handling the projects. You know, he's, he's building houses, he's, he's building additions, he's got this, he's got that going. He has got production problems because he has all this inflow. What do you think is happening to the outflow now? Outflow? Who cares about outflow? We got all this inflow to deal with. No outflow. So suddenly, now, um, you would think, wow, what a shock, what a surprise. The projects are starting to wrap up. Okay, we got a little bit of work left to finish these projects. We got a few punch lists here, a few punch lists. We got nothing scheduled. We got no work coming up. Oh my God, how did that happen? I'll tell you how that happened. Nobody was outflowing while the inflow was being handled. It's a classic example of the cycle of booms and depressions. And so I'll reread this. There is a phenomenon that takes place. This is Mr. Hubbard. There's a phenomenon that takes place, and that is the periodic cycle which the communists call the cycle of booms and depressions, without which communism couldn't exist. And the cycle of a boom and depression is created by the outflow and answer cycle of the department. So this doesn't have to just apply to a business. It could also apply to an individual on their post within an organization. It says here, you don't have any answers coming in, so you sit there and outflow very heavily. Hey, we have no answers, no mail coming in. Let's outflow. Let's write lots and lots and lots of letters. Then your mail beefs up and you spend your time answering the letters and you don't outflow. And after a while, business drops off and goes in the trough on the curve. And then you get anxious and promptly outflow, which brings in lots of business and replies, but no outflow. What is the fundamental problem here? The fundamental problem is you've got the same cat handling the outflow and the inflow. Okay. Now, I have had this conversation with many a small one-man band, two-man band type operation, and I'll say to them, you need to hire a promotional person. And uh, you need to hire someone in charge of driving in new business. Now, remember, we maybe it's an auto mechanic. It's got an auto shop. And it's him and uh, a service writer, maybe two people. Maybe it's a small chiropractic clinic, you know, two or three staff. And, or maybe it's a construction company. 
with two or three employees, mostly, you know, the owner, entrepreneur with two or three helpers or tradesmen working with them. And I'm looking this guy in the eye and I say, you need to hire a marketing person. First of all, the look back is like, I am from Mars. I mean, it's not, it's like the shocked look like, and then the, the classic response is full-time. That's the classic response. Like, you want me to hire somebody over marketing full-time? And I go usually, no, no, just part-time. You don't want to expand too fast. Just, just you don't want to boom your business. Yeah, of course I mean full-time. Now, this is sort of a breakaway from conventional wisdom. You know, you're supposed to hire more tradespeople, maybe hire receptionists, maybe this, maybe that. Uh, I have no objection to hiring receptionists. I think that should be one of the first hires. But the second hire would be if you're a technical person, if you're a house painter, or if you're a doctor, or if you're a lawyer, or you're an accountant, after you've hired your receptionist, hire someone over outflow. Why? Because if you don't, then you're only going to do this in a cycle of booms and depressions. You're going to outflow because you're the one responsible for outflow. So you're going to be there outflowing your butt off to drive in business when you're not busy. And then you're going to get busy. What's going to happen to your outflow? So a very early hire, and this is a strong argument as to why, right from the get-go, you should be implementing Mr. Hubbard's seven-division organizing board, which I haven't really uh, figured out how to teach you guys in 20 minutes, uh, which is why we really haven't talked about the organizing board much yet, but we're going to have to pretty soon because you need an organizing board and you need to f figure out your full cycle of production and you need to put someone over outflow. Okay. So this is your typical initial manifestation of the cycle of booms and depressions. But there is another interesting aspect to this. If and when a wise member starts dedicatedly applying the Hubbard management system, and particularly when he starts getting a grip on the organizing board and breaking up the functions of their organization and getting in statistical management and learning the relationship between outflow and inflow and getting a grip on such technical subjects as promotion and sales. And yes, sales has a technology like anything else. He is often, uh, or she is often deluged with new business. All of a sudden they've got a lot more business than they figure they can easily handle. And honestly, if you understand the fundamentals of outflow, communication, and promotion, filling up your shop is, is a lot like falling out of a chair. It's, it's just not that hard. And the entrepreneur will surprisingly often get this thought. Now, don't feel too embarrassed if you've had this thought, and you don't have to confess to me or anyone else, um, but, and you should know you're not alone in having this idea, but do confess to yourself if this has ever crossed your mind as your organization starts to really come together through the implementation of the Hubbard Management System. And you start watching this beautiful machine really taking off, okay? This thought will often cross the mind of the member privately. And the thought is this. Maybe we ought to slow things down. Blasphemy. Ever had that thought? Well, we're going to dispose of this thought today thoroughly. 
And the reference is an article from Mr. Hubbard dated the 17th of November, 1965. You can find it in your green volumes. You can also find it in the Hubbard College uh, reference set. Many of you have that now. If you don't have either of those or both, uh, definitely contact my office because you really, this is where the, this fabulous material is contained in these two reference sets. Um, anyway, here we go. It's called The Basic Principles of Promotion. And Mr. Hubbard starts as follows. He says, the following points are a summary of, basic, of the basic principles of promotion. It is important that you understand them and apply them in your promotion. Number one, the basic principle of promotion is to drive in more business than can be driven off by a service unit or mistakes can waste. This applies to any promotion anywhere. Never allow your standard of how many people should be brought into the org, remember that org is short for organization, never allow your standard of how many people should be brought into the org to be set by any other division or part of the organization, promote as far above as possible the present operating capacity of the organization, and you will win. No, Ron Hubbard. How about that as a concept? The concept is promote as far above your capacity to deliver as you can. Never let the idea of how much business you can, be, you can handle be established by anyone but the person responsible for driving in new public or old public for that matter, okay? You have people that you are paying and you should be bonusing based on the amount of business driven in. And you need to train these people to completely ignore the complaints and um, squawking of the technical production service areas of the organization. You know, quit sending in so much business. We can't handle this. We don't have enough people. We don't have enough this. We don't have enough that. Uh, your promotional people should be deaf to those communications. Like, ha yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. We're, we're, we're thinking about you. The hell we are. We're thinking about driving in more business than you can mess up, man. And constantly, always. And if you have that kind of a scenario, then uh, no, matter, no matter what, you, you, this is how you build huge organizations in one lifetime. Take a look at this. You know, if you take a look at some of these huge corporations that are, exist in the United States today, many of these, most of these were built in the lifetime of one person. It's not like, you know, it's, it's taken generations to build these huge companies. No, but uh, the person in charge uh, obviously didn't give a darn about uh, the service department's complaints about how much they can handle, but just kept figuring out more and more and more ways to drive in business, okay? That has to be a separate hat. And you, as the uh, owner or goal setter for the organization, should never have that thought. Just take it out of your universe that uh, you would ever slow down the promotion uh, of your business under any circumstances. Mr. Trevor goes on to say, the motto of promotion could be, quote, we shall overcome by numbers. 
end quote. Quote, despite any errors, we bring in so many people into the org continually or sell so many books that even if the registrar drives them off at gunpoint, enough will get through to keep the statistics rising, end quote. So that's the motto of promotion. We shall overcome by numbers. Mr. Hubbard gives two more points in this reference regarding uh, basic principles of promotion. He says here, number two, if a promotional program does not seem to work, find out where it is not being applied. Don't abandon the program. Spot instead the noncompliance, which is preventing it from going into operation. Hey, you know, you launch all these great promotional ideas and nothing seems to be working. Better make sure that it's actually being done. In most cases, you'll find that it's, it's, not, uh, it's not really being applied, not, not correctly. And then number three, later promotional programs will not work if earlier ones have not been executed. Example, the program is to send out flyers to sell blah, blah to all buyers of foo-foos. But it turns out that the original program to compile a list of the buyers of foo-foos off old invoices was not done. Therefore, a flyer to sell blah, blah can't be sent to buyers of foo-foos. What to do? Don't give up or abandon the program of selling blah, blah to buyers of foo-foos. Get clever and dream up some way of compiling the list you want. Maybe it's as simple as a notice in your local newspaper or a questionnaire to everyone in your files. Did you ever buy foo-foos? So he's giving you here two more excellent tips on the subject of promotion. One, create a promotional program. And if it doesn't seem to be working, confirm that it's actually being done because nine times out of ten, you're just going to find out that the program's not being done. Okay, so it's not complete. So... Make sure you push those things through to done, done, done. And also be aware of the fact that, uh, you know, if someone's telling you, well, these programs aren't working, we have to come up with a new program. Uh, make sure you've got nothing wrong with doing a new program. You can have as many programs as you want promoting your business, but just make sure that the earlier ones have been done. Otherwise, they will block the effectiveness of later programs. Okay. So... He goes on to say this, having a successful promotional program consists of getting it executed. If it seems to not be working, spot where it isn't being done. The non-execution could be years earlier in a former program which was not executed. So three points here from this reference, the basic principle of promotion that will uh, solve any cycles of booms and depressions in your business. Number one, the basic principle of promotion is to drive in more business and can be driven off by a service unit or mistakes can waste. This is best solved by making sure you have individuals over promotion that are different from the individuals over service and delivery. So you have someone handling the inflow, somebody else handling the outflow who doesn't give a darn and doesn't listen to the people who are handling the inflow. That's number one. Number two, once you've drawn up a promotional program, Make sure it gets done, because uh, if it doesn't seem to be working, odds are that it's just not being done. And so you debug that. And then uh, the third point is later promotional programs will not work if earlier ones have not been executed. So you want to make sure as you bring on new programs that the earlier ones are being executed properly and standardly. This is, by the way, a very good reason why you should write out your promotional programs. Don't just draw them up in your head or have someone tell you what they're going to do and then you just let them roll. It's a very important record and it should be dated. These are the promotional programs we launched at such and such a date. This way you can monitor their responses in terms of inflow.
Okay, so write out your programs, make sure they're completed. Any later programs, first make sure your earlier programs are fully being executed. And finally, this last sentence of this reference from Mr. Hubbard, finally, I quote, finally, promote until the floors cave in because of the number of people and don't even take notice of that. Just keep promoting L. Ron Hubbard. So moral of the story, never stop outflowing, never stop promoting, uh, never stop promoting. You know, you look at the fact that it's crazy and chaotic, good. Devote yourself to figuring out how to handle that increased inflow, how to better establish your organization, how to better hire, how to better train your employees. Do not use as your solution, let's reduce the outflow so we're not so busy and it's not so chaotic around here. It's going to be chaotic. You want to build something big, you want to build something fast, just confront the fact that there's going to be chaotic aspects to it and phases to it and just um, regard it as part of the, the expansion and part of the game. And because it is. Okay. I hope this was helpful. Hopefully this cures you of any future cycles of booms and depressions. It's pretty simple to apply. Uh, If you have any questions, uh, write us at info at wiseeastus.org. Also, um, you have any wins, write us at info at wiseeastus.org. Also, if you are uh, experiencing a lot of randomity in your organization. You have maybe promotions, not your problem. Right now, a lot of businesses are starting to pick up steam and they're looking for adding to their organization more good people, training good people. You should be training your employees and we can show you how. Okay, the Effective Management Association, uh, United States has been coming up with more and more training programs for employees. And also for business owners, you guys need training too. So uh, if you're interested in finding out more, uh, write me an email at info at wiseeastus.org. And uh, as wise members, you can train your employees very easily, very economically. And um, if you're not doing that, um, it's kind of suicidal, to be honest. Uh, Do not wait to train your employees till you're big and chaotic. Start training employees right from the get-go. Just put it as part of your cycle of production because it is. It's right there on the organizing board. When we teach you that uh, organizing board, you'll see. And it's not something you only do once in a while. It's something that you do consistently. It's like saying, you know, all my staff are trained. We're not training right now. Or all my staff are hired. We're not hiring right now. It's a little bit like saying all our sales are done. We're not selling right now. All our production is done. We're not doing any production right now. All of these things should be going on concurrently. And if you do that, you will consistently and continually build, particularly if you never let the gas up on promotion. Okay, well, thanks for listening uh, to today's episode, and we will talk to you again next week.